Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 33. It's hard for me to believe that we are already on our 33rd interview. Seems like we just started here a few weeks ago. As you know, those of you that listen, we call this series of episodes Leading Others to Christ. And during these episodes, we'll be focused on evangelism. We have a lot of goals that, that we have with these interviews, but the main one is to stir each other up to love and good works, but especially in the area of evangelism where we're learning how to reach out to those our family, friends, people in the community, and Lord willing to be able to lead them to Christ. And that's, that's what we're focused on with this. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. For those of you that don't know, Franklin is about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. And I also serve as one of the shepherds there. Those of you that know me know that I'm passionate about evangelism. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And ever since then, I've been striving. I want to use some Bible phrases here. Striving to learn how to teach others, how to sow the seed how to be a fisher for men and, and women, uh, how to make disciples, how to persuade men and women, and to teach others to teach. And I always have been quoting Paul when he was talking to Timothy, and he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 2, and the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously faithful men and women, who will be able to teach others also. And later in that chapter, he talked about being useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And just a thought of being useful for the master should uh, stir all of us up that we, could, that we could be useful for him. So I came up with this idea uh, to identify the Christians out there, the men and women, the fellow workers who are doing this, who are leading others to Christ. And once we've identified them, to interview them. And we want to know who they are, where they are, uh, how they're doing their work, and uh, that's uh, that's our goal today with our guests. And we're really excited to have with us someone that we're going to learn a lot from. So get out your your paper and your pen. And I've had a chance to talk to uh, to our guest today a little bit uh, before, but our guest today is Wesley Pollard. Welcome, brother. Well, it's good to be here, and I'm a little terrified. I'm usually just on the table talking with individuals and trying to get them comfortable to open the book up and to get them to see that they can really read and understand the plan that God has given to all mankind. Yes, sir. Well, what, what I'd like to do, we've done this every time. And, and uh, if I seem like I go fast at times, it seems like just like that and say we have five minutes left. So we always try to start these out, Wesley, with uh, because there's people that are listening that they don't know Wesley. And if you would give us a short bio where you were born, how you learned the truth. And that's a, that I think that's a fascinating story of your story uh, at the phone company. But if you would just kind of bring everybody up to speed of who Wesley Pollard is and where you were born and start there. My name is Wesley Pollard Sr. I was born in Beaumont, Texas one of 10 children. I'm number four. And the area I came up in back in 
1986, we lived in an area where things were pretty much the way in the world. We segregated and all of that. 1966, they started integration and I, I was bused to start that. And that made the whole difference in my life because the day we got there, there were signs on the building saying they didn't want us there. And obviously nobody next to me, I didn't want to go either. But that helped me in life because in 1986, I decided that hell really wasn't the place I wanted to go to. And all the things I thought about it really wasn't true. So I started the quest in 1986 to seek to find the truth. I didn't want a church. I didn't want a religion. I wanted to know the truth. So uh, November 3rd, 1986, I went on that quest. March the 12th, 19. Uh, 86, let me back up, 1985, November the 3rd, I started, March the 12th, 1986. I heard a radio broadcast with a man named Max Dawson, and uh, I started attending that congregation, the Pinecrest Church of Christ, and the first day I walked in, I saw a different race of people, and I said, okay, that's good, but you're not going to get me with just that. So anyway, the first sermon I heard was how Jesus took 12 men and he prepared them and sent them out into the whole world. When that sermon was finished, I was sitting there just all excited and people were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I said, you didn't see what happened today? He said, what? I said, teaching. He said, what do you mean? I said, the man had a blackboard and crayon. A blackboard and crayon mean teaching. Nobody was hollering and all that shouting and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that 35 minutes changed my life. And after that, Max gave me a key to come into the building because I was there so regularly that I was wearing the carpet out. So from that point on, I just followed him. That's, that's so good. Yeah, and I grew up during that same period of time. And I, I remember all the, the turmoil in the 60s and, and all that. And, and I think that uh, that's one of the things that uh, uh, and I think I'm right on this uh, about the, the Dallin Road. Now, I'll, I'll ask you to tell me a little bit about them in a second, but why don't we just do that right now? I think that it's like the, the, the mixing of the makeup of the congregation. It's like 35%, I think, uh, uh, African-American and, and then another 30, I don't know the numbers, but another a large group of uh, Hispanics, right? It's, that's, uh, tell us a little bit about Dallin Road. Well, right now uh, we built the facility on Dollin Road. And I think we moved in the latter part of 90. I was ordained as one of the shepherds there in 1991. And uh, when we got there, I believe we had right at 300 and some members. We grew to about 400 and some. And I basically right now say that our numbers are probably right at 60, 40 white, uh, 60 and the rest, uh, people of color. I preached a sermon uh, September 1991-92, and the title of that sermon was Jesus Won't You Hear? And I took that from the idea of going to French high school and dealing with racism and the fact that they didn't want us there. So I took that opportunity to say, listen, Jesus wants you here whosoever will let him come. And I drew a circle on the board and I took the eraser and I just went and I just started hitting about every six inches 
making openings. We can't have a circle that is so closed that we cannot enfold people into this body. That's been our mentality. And so in 19, the latter part of the year, a preacher came in and he looked at our congregation. He says, oh, how beautiful it is to see a body of Christians like this. And when the meeting was over, uh, we had a meeting. I told the elders, I didn't think that was a great statement for him to make. Yeah. If he look at us and find us to be so great of a people, he should see that all over the world. And so anyway, we've always opened the doors and made sure that whoever it was, Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. And that's what we do. We invite everybody to the Dollar Road Church family. And that's why we have the diversity that we have. Well, that's wonderful. And as you say, unfortunately, it's not like that everywhere. And, and people still don't understand. Uh, I think it gets back to the fundamentals of the gospel itself, because Jesus said he came to seek the lost and it was for everyone. Uh, yes. And, and, and we need to keep reminding ourselves of that. You know, this is the, the third interview I've done now with uh, a member of, the, of that congregation. And we've not done this. And maybe this will happen uh, more, but I think there's something, there's a reason for this. And we've got a couple other people there that I understand we need to talk to as well. But uh, the energy and the excitement, and uh, the culture, I think Max was the first one. He mentioned the culture, the DNA, that, that you, you're one of the leaders there. And, the, and that comes from the leadership. Uh, so you guys have set the culture there. And uh, so... Uh, and you've got the whole group wanting to lead others to Christ. Am I right on that? We teach others that they will be able to teach others also. And if he didn't show you this, I'm sure Max showed this. We give these out. These are our invitation cards. And like the woman in John chapter four, she went out and she simply said, come and see. And the city went out and they found Christ. So I'm at Walmart and any other place, and let's ask the people, come and see. Uh, you will learn something. We promise you that. And the Dollar Road Church is set on evangelism. People sometimes say, if I hear another sermon on evangelism, I'm going to leave. Well, we hate to see you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, in the contrast to that, and that's why I, I love doing this. This has turned out to be so exciting for me because you and I have never met face to face. Lord willing, we will one day. Just the excitement of getting to meet my brother here uh, on Zoom and uh, uh, and get to know more about you. And but just just to be able to walk up. And, I mean, people have to be taught how to. You can hand them the card. I mean, I'm talking about in the congregation. But so what? Let's say that I'm at Walmart and you see me there. Maybe I'm working there, and uh, you you think, well, I've never given this guy a card before. What would you say to me? You're going to hand me a card. What would you say? Hey, good morning. How you doing? I'm sure you live in the area and right down the street here from Walmart is the Dollar Road Church congregation right next to McAllister's. Listen, I know I don't look like you, but guess what? Uh, most of the people in our congregation look like you. So how about come and visit with us? All I want you to do is take this card, leave your money at home. Okay, you're laughing because you don't hear that very often, do you? Nope, so nope. just bring your Bible and come. I guarantee you, you will learn something. Here, just take the card, and I hope to see you. What's your first name? 
Okay, well, listen, Pam, come and see us. My name is Wesley. When you get there, just ask anybody. This man named Wesley invited me, and they'll find me, and I'll come and I'll greet you. I know you've got, a, you know, just think of the places, and you know this, but, and I don't want to be negative, but in the congregations, there's so many, Wesley, that Christians are leaving. Churches are closing their doors uh, because they're not engaged in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, but just to, just to hear something as simple as that, that I, I'm convinced that almost, I mean, if we have any willingness at, at all, any heart at all, that we can learn how to hand out a card and we're in, we're in, uh, in contact, even during COVID here, we're still in contact with a lot of people and a lot of cards can be given out. Just a simple act like that and say, come and see. And uh, who, we don't know who we're talking to. And, and uh, the, a lot of people out there are, they're searching too and they're looking. So that, yes. that's that. what, all right. I've got this down a little further down. Why, how old are you? I'm 71 years of age. You're just, you're just a young guy. I'm 74. <laughs> <I'll> be, <laughs> but why is Wesley Pollard so motivated to lead others to Christ? Why, Wesley? Well, again, back in 1985, I knew my life meant more than just partying and having a good time. So I made the decision that I was going to seek to find the truth. And when I did, one of the things I also do to people, I say, hey, I want to give you three passages of scripture and be honest and go home and read these. And you're going to find out, haven't you heard you said that Jesus said for us not to judge people? They all say the same thing. Yes, judge not that you be not judged. I said, that's not true. What do you mean? I said, people need to quit lying on Jesus. You never said that. So go home and read this. And I said, I want you to read Matthew 7, go all the way to 1 to 5, and then read John 7, verse 24, and then read this one, Luke chapter 7, verse 40 to 43. Now, when I read that, and when I get people to read that, what Jesus asked Simon, tell me which of these two men is going to love this man the most, because he forgave them both, both. So obviously he's talking about Jesus forgave them both, and I see myself there. And Simon said, I suppose the one he forgave more, that to me. And because I appreciate and love the fact that Jesus loved me enough, a wretch like me, and he saved me from my sins, and I made a promise to him that I would go out and I would tell anybody and everybody who would just allow me to present the gospel to them. And so far, the good Lord have opened many doors of opportunity. I don't even try to think about how many people have been converted, but I'll say this based on what we're talking about. Right now, I have about six people that I'm actively involved in and trying to get them to the end. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, it's not about numbers. You ever heard somebody say that? It's not about yeah, numbers. Yeah, it's about numbers. It, it is. And I say, well, there's even a book in the Old Testament numbers. And, and then <laughs> when the church started there on the day of Pentecost, there was around 3,000 that obeyed the gospel. Then it's then you see it continues to grow. Then there's 5,000. There's, you know, so, uh, yeah, God, uh, God looks at numbers. And, uh, and sometimes we uh, that becomes an excuse to, to some, I think. And 
that uh, that we don't that we shouldn't be concerned about that. But yeah, think about all the numbers. Like you said a while ago, the twelve, the twelve apostles that he sent out, sent them out two by two, in the forty days, and I don't know. There's all kinds of things about numbers. If but I can say this, numbers. Dan, that Jesus gave us a commission. He 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 want us to go save people, and yes. this is what I tell people. God is not willing that any should perish. You tell me you don't see numbers there. And since our father is not willing for any to perish, neither am I. So whosoever will, if they give me an ear, they're going to feel welcome to come to Dolan Road. Yes. I heard that, uh, that I think you and your wife, what's your wife's name? Judy. 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 I have a feeling that Judy has been a big part of your work. I couldn't do what I do without the wife of my 48 years together. Judy was a, a young lady, 40, I mean, 37 years old when I started this. And she was quite scared. You know, I don't want you to become a fanatic, you know, because Christians go to dances, they drink and all that. You say, you're not gonna do that. I said, well, baby, all I'm asking you to do is just trust me. I said, you're smarter than I am. You went to college and all of that. I didn't even graduate high school. So you read what I'm reading. And if you do that, and if you see something that I'm misunderstanding, why don't you tell me, wink, wink, read what I'm reading? So <laughs> anyway, she read yeah. what I read and she became a Christian. And so we opened up our home for about 11 years on Monday nights for about 11 years. We had Bible study for about, uh, from seven to nine, unless there was a storm or a gospel meeting. And my wife made sure that everything was ready for that. I don't know how many people we left our home to go to the building and baptize them into Christ. And I don't care. All I want to hear Jesus say, well done. If I'm in a corner where the gate swing out would never, I'm satisfied. Amen. Amen. Yes, I had heard uh I had heard that you guys had a study at your home every Monday night. And that and just for people the people need to hear that, right? You mean you can do that? Well, of course you can do that if you're willing. And uh, but the husband and wife have to be willing, right? And uh, open up uh, to show hospitality and invite people in. And just to think that you did that every night, every Monday night for eleven years. Uh, I'm proud of you guys for for doing that and being that welcoming. And we need to learn those everybody that's listening. We need to learn from uh, what Judy and Wesley did there. Because people, they, uh, I was talking to a young man the other day. Well, he's not young. He, he's young to me, but he's 50. And uh, he just, he has nobody. He has no, he has a family, but there, there's just no relationship there. And, and he's searching. And, and I just think that there's a lot, and he's agreed to study and I'm looking forward to that. And, and uh, but uh, there's just a lot of people out there. And Wesley, you know, that, that are, that are looking and searching for uh uh, for a spiritual home. We don't pick and choose. We right. go to everybody because when we look at the world, no matter where they are, Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, Simon deceived all of those people. No, make, no, make no difference where they were in society, whether they were rich, poor, black, white, didn't matter. Simon fooled them all. We have just a large number of people at our disposal that we don't have to go really look for nobody. We just need to open up our mouths. People are there. Yes, they are. Uh, 
you, the other day you made a comment and I wrote it down in my notes and I want you, and it's a good place to insert it here. You made the statement, follow the convert, follow the new convert. Right. Share it with everybody what you mean by that. Well, the new members are so excited because they have started studying the gospel. They are learning things and they're so excited and they want to go back and tell their friends and their families what they've learned. So now Max told me this in 1986, Wesley, whatever you do, follow the new converts. And so when he said to me, hey, you look like you're very busy. I'm doing what you said. I'm following the new converts. And that's all I do. I just follow them. They'll bring you to their mothers, their fathers, their friends, their co-workers. And I'm just saying that God knows how many studies we've had just by me just following the new members. They're excited. Well, and they are. And again, people need to hear that because they don't think about that. And it, it has to be something that we all keep top of mind. And I'm glad that you guys keep having sermons about uh, evangelism. And I, and I pray that you'll keep it up because that's, that's one of the things that, again, that's not happening in a lot of places. So follow that new convert. Absolutely. I know when I, I remember when I obeyed the gospel, that was the first thing I wanted to do was to, to reach out to my family and friends, share with them what I had learned. Another thing that you said, I've, I've learned this, you've got a lot of cliches and I like that about you. Uh, but uh, you said, don't become an old Christian. What's that mean? Well, I was told that don't become an old Christian because uh, sometimes people just get comfortable and well, I'm going to kind of move to the side. Listen, we're going to get our rest on that day. But right now, we have to work. And we don't sing the song, we'll work till Jesus come, and then we'll be gathered home. That means if you live to 85, keep working till Jesus come. You don't become an old Christian. This We have the greatest information to give to people. And as I said to you, open is one of the second most powerful words in the New Testament. Nobody would be converted if nobody opened up their eyes, opened up their mouths, opened up the book, and then we allow God to open up their hearts so they can receive the engrafted words as able to save their souls. So we have work to do, and, the, and it's into our hands the gospel has been given. We sing that song. Do we really believe it? Well, with all my heart, I believe that, and I'm trying to keep young men. We have a group of young men right now that we're studying with. Uh, it's about six or eight of them. We're trying to allow them to become the men you mentioned at the very beginning. We want to teach them so that they will be able to teach others also. And that's how this works. If you don't want to be in evangelism, don't come to Dollar Road. We work. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. I know you have a lot of stories. Would you share? We've got a couple minutes here. Could you share with us one conversion story or one story that comes to mind that, that the audience would find interesting of maybe unique circumstances of, of one person that, that you studied with and became a Christian? Well, they'll hear about Linda. Linda was one of the first people I studied with and she was uh, finished first in the class and uh, she used those big words. And so I was scared of her, but anyway, <laughs> Uh, I took courage in the fact that, hey, she don't know the book. So I got a little confidence. I went and studied the Bible with Linda and uh, she obeyed the gospel. 
I started in 86. She obeyed the gospel April 1st, 1987. Right now, uh, there's a man that I'm studying with. He is 66 years of age, and he walked into our congregation. His name is Leo Barry. Leo is 66 years of age, and when he came into our congregation, he asked his wife, why are y'all taking the Lord's Supper? It's the second Sunday. Well, customarily, they did on the first. So anyway, after services, I started studying with Leo, and Leo obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I came to find out right then that Leo was in an adulterous marriage. And I had to talk to him about that. And I'm telling you, that man served 31 years in the military. And I talked to him this morning and yesterday morning because he walked away from that marriage because Jesus said that it was an adulterous marriage. And that man is somebody who showed me even after 30 years that there are people who still willing to follow Jesus. And so we studied, now I'm studying with his brother so everything is just falling into place. Stay excited about the gospel. Keep your eyes open. Open your mouth up and follow the new converts. Oh, that's, uh, I, I keep saying that's so good because it is. We end every show, every interview with one thing. And I know there's more than one thing, but what would you say? And you might even repeat something you said a few minutes ago, but it, which would be great. What would be one thing, somebody's not, in, had been involved in, in leading others to Christ and they've listened to this, they've listened to Wesley and, and you've got them, you've got them, you got them motivated. What would you say to them? One thing that they need to do or one thing they need to learn how to do? What would you say, Wesley? I would say to them, have confidence in Jesus. And what I mean by that is this, you know what you have read. You don't have to know everything. You just need to know what you learned to become a Christian. John 6, 44 and 45. You can't come to Jesus unless you've been taught. So just know that what you know, that the people that you're afraid of, they don't know it. So they can't hurt you. Just think about having a fight. You may be scared of that guy, but when he hits you the first time, you say, well, I can take him. That's what I use. But anyway... When they open up their mouth, they're going to say something to you. They don't know the book. And you've learned what you needed to do to become a Christian. You can just work with that and get that down. You get them there. Somebody else can take over after a while. Just trust God and know that you know what you've read. And if you follow that, you'll be surprised how many people you can help with just a little bit of the power of God's word having confidence in, in God's word, confidence in Jesus, so powerful. Brother, we're out of time. I just, uh, uh, I, I love you so much. Uh, uh, and I look forward, Lord willing, that we'll get to meet, like I said, in person one of these days. But just keep up your good work there. Keep encouraging the other people. I know you will. And, and we pray for the, your you and Judy to continue your work there and the work at Dallin Road and and again, I hope a lot of people listen to this, uh, this episode because uh, you did just a really good job. And we give God, obviously, we talked about that, that we give God the credit for everything because without him, we'd be nobody. Um, yes, sir. Well, I just tell everybody about somebody named Jesus who wants to save them. Yes, yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you, brother. And uh, Lord willing, we will talk soon. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Melt my heart and
and fill my life. Give me one soul today.